This is Radio Influence. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, Friday people. It is Duffified Live Day. Yes, it's a Friday morning, man. Super early. I hope you guys uh, have had just a wonderful week. Um, after last week with our little conversation with Chef Kev D, I hope you guys had the opportunity to watch the food truck race with Tyler Florence, Chef Kev D, Chef Eddie G. I, I don't know why. I, am I like the only person who doesn't just have like the initial? I feel like I should just get an initial because CBD is how like a lot of people refer to me in emails and stuff like that or contracts or all that stuff. But I feel like I need like an initial. Now, I do have B-Duff. Like a lot of my buddies call me B-Duff. Um, be, sometimes I sign emails that way or text messages just easier, faster because, you know, we're all trying to be streamlined with what we do. Um, and I usually just go with B-Duff or something like that. But I'm feeling like, do I need to be like Chef Brian D? I don't think so. I don't think it works with me. I kind of like the full formal name. I do know that when I was a kid, when I was younger, I used to sign things and I would actually sign Brian William Duffy. Like I remember doing that as a kid. I even think there was a period of time there where I did it as Brian William Francis Duffy because Francis is my confirmation name. Yep. Confirmation. I was, uh, what, what do you do? How old are you when you get your confirmation? 13, 12, sorry, 11. I can't remember because it was a long time ago, but I do remember that I used to sign things as Brian William Francis Duffy. Um, cause Francis was my confirmation name, you know, like Francis of Assisi or Francis. Cause that was my father's middle name. WFD. I don't know, but I kind of like B Duff. I think I'm going to stick with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Chef Kev D. Chef Eddie G, any of you guys out there who are running G Love, we got another initial right there. I think that I need to be cooler. So you guys let me know whether or not I should be super cool and change some shit up. But I'm pretty happy with like my Instagram being Chef Brideuff, my Twitter being Chef Brideuff. I'm good with that. I think I'm going to stick with that for a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I watched the show and uh, Kev's a rock star. He's, he's great. It was, it's uh, the, the dynamic between him and Eddie G is just a riot with the double vests. Kev always has a good vest on. So um, what else has been going on? So I, uh, I drove to Canada on Wednesday. Actually, Wednesday, I went up into Buffalo, um, got, to, uh, got to see uh, a client uh, while I was up there which was pretty awesome. And I got to hang out with uh, some good friends while I was up there as well. Um, for those of you who do not know, I don't drink a tremendous amount anymore. Um, I kind of, uh, I kind of backed off about six, eight months ago. I just constantly felt like shit. I really did. I just felt like, um, I felt like ass it was all the time. Cause I would go out, I'm always on the road. I'm in a restaurant, I'm in a bar, I'm doing an evaluation or something to that effect. And I just kind of got to a point that I felt honestly that I was getting super fat um, because of the alcohol and the breakdown and the sugars and all that stuff, even though I was drinking goose and soda, but I was drinking a lot of them, you know, like I was going out, I was probably having, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 a night 
which is not hard to do. And just so everybody knows, it's not like I'm throwing back doubles or triples or big fat cocktails. I would drink a goose and soda single tall with a lime and some olives. Um, that's what I would drink. Chef's night out. We've all talked about it. We need to make that an international drink, I believe. Um, but that's still what I drink and I still enjoy it on occasion. But I went out on uh, Wednesday night and the weirdest thing is like, I, I, I only had, well, so we fir- I, I first go in and I sit down in the hotel and had a cocktail there. And uh, the bartender was super cool. He started off as kind of, kind of a little, a little standoffish at first. Um, just not real. Like, you know, I was like, Hey, can I get that in a pint glass? Cause what I do is if I'm going to drink for a little while, I kind of slow down at the beginning. I'll have a lot of soda and a little bit of vodka in there just cause I don't want to get like super shitty right off the bat. You know, I'm not a shot guy, although my man drops off some three roses. So we did a shot of, of, uh, of three roses and I had a cocktail and then I had, I think I'm not kidding. I probably had three there at that first bar and then went out to another little place and then another place. But the weirdest part about it is like I was having conversations with a buddy of mine the next day and he was saying, he's like, Oh, would you remember this? And I'm like, how the fuck? How do I not remember that? Like it was the weirdest thing. I hardly even drank. I probably had six cocktails all night long, but I still, I woke up the next morning. I felt like shit. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just super weird. So I think I need to find a new drink if I'm going to go out and drink. So I, I, I need some assistance with that. And I'm not a huge fan of drinking these days. I'm just letting you know. I travel so much and I'm on the road so much that it's like, do I really want to be hungover all the time? So, um, so I kind of slowed down a little bit uh, and stopped altogether. But I did have a couple Wednesday night and I had fun. I really do like Buffalo. Really, really nice group of people. Um, I had some great wings while I was up there. Uh, from the, uh, where was I when I had the wings? Wasn't it Sear? It was at the tap room that I had some pretty tasty wings. I enjoyed them. They were good. Big, big, fat, thick wings. Classic like buffalo sauce. Nothing funky. No afterburner. I didn't need like a cork in my ass to stop the burning hot sensation. There's three kind of classic, two really classic, iconic Buffalo wing spots. One is the anchor bar, which I'm not a fan of. I'll let you know. I was up there a couple years ago um, and I, I, they were okay. I wasn't in love with them. I didn't think that they were super awesome. Um, they didn't set my world on fire. If you want to say, um, then there's another place called Duff's, which was, they have, they have pretty good wings, but I was told to go to a place called Grover's Grover or the Grove Grover. And I'll tell you what, uh, Emily and I got 20 wings and they were pretty badass. So we got garlic parm and we got a classic uh, buffalo and they were awesome. They were on fire, man. Not on fire hot, on fire flavor. Super delicious, big and fat and juicy. I really enjoyed it. Um, they were good. Yeah, they were really good. And then so while I was up in uh, um, and then I took off for Canada. Sorry, Thursday morning, I drove up into Canada crossed the border in the Buffalo area, hopped up into uh, Ontario where uh, I met my daughter and her friends and her friend, their friend's mothers and all that stuff. And we went for, uh, we dropped the girls off. They took a nap. Then they wanted to go to the beach. So I'm really glad that I drove up on Thursday morning to hang out with my daughter in another country 
so that she could go to the beach and sit and chill with her friends. I joke, I jest, but what it was, was I ended up going out to lunch with, um, the moms and, uh, we went to Wayne Gretzky's, uh, vineyard up there, his winery up there, which is really pretty impressive. Uh, it's almost like a museum to Wayne Gretzky. And I mean, if you think about it on a business level, it's a brilliant tax break because of the, the sheer size of it. Um, but they did a real nice job. The place was packed. It's got beautiful vineyards. It's on his family's uh, plot of land that they've owned since like 1925. Um, it was really, really a cool spot. Um, it showed where he started to play ice, you know, where he started uh, skating on the ice rink at a, like the age of four. And then all the records that this guy went through uh, was was pretty awesome. It was really a neat, neat thing to hop in there. And then we drove over to uh, Niagara on the lake. Um, we did a little walk around the town and down around the lake and just kind of sat and chilled out. It was real nice. It was a beautiful day. Um, then went back to the house uh, where I cooked dinner for all the girls, um, all the high school girls that were uh, rowing or at least the four that were staying in the house. Uh, we had some fun. I cooked, made some tacos and that sort of stuff um, and then headed down uh, to Niagara Falls where we actually got to go down and see the fireworks and it was kind of cool. And it's funny because there was a woman who was there, uh, one of the mothers. I'm going to talk shit about her right now. I'm cool with that. It's just like a total negative force. I couldn't like everything that was coming out of my mouth. She was combatant with. She was like she wanted to fight combatant, combatant, combative. Com Jerry, what is that? Combatant or combatant? What? You're like a verbal word expert. <laughs> uh, I would say she was combative. Combative. Okay, we're going to go with you. Combative. Yeah, sorry. I pulled Jerry in every now and then. Let's say hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. There you go. Perfect. Um, Jerry's the producer. He hangs out in the background and has tremendous information like, dude, 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 dude. I lost you. Hey, hey, you what, what? I'm sorry. I lost, no, I'm kidding. I didn't yeah, go. seriously. Last, that last words were, dude, I lost you at cork in your ass. I'm sorry. What, what did you? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So. Uh, yeah. So we kind of walked, uh, we walked around, but anyway, so this one was like super negative, every single thing that was coming out. So I said, Hey, is anybody else going down to the fireworks tonight? And she's like, Oh, you're going to the fireworks. I said, yeah, I am fully going to the fireworks. Uh, she's like, Oh, I can't believe it's such a touristy thing to do. I said, well, I am in another country. And she's like, you know, because I lived in Buffalo for a long time and, and I used to see them all the time. I said, oh, well, I haven't been up here in a long time. And when I was here, they didn't have the fireworks at all because it was the winter. So I'm really excited to get down there. So uh, I, I kind of shut that little world down real fast because I don't do the negative stuff, man. Back off. Back off. There's no need for the negative. So hopped all the girls in the car. We drove down to Niagara Falls, found a completely illegal spot to park, which was brilliant. Sat there for a little while. We watched the fireworks go off. Then we all headed back to the house and chilled out. It was a nice house. It was an Airbnb. First time I've ever stayed in an Airbnb. And uh, I was impressed. The house was okay. Um, it was still under construction in certain portions of it. Um, weird placement of like lights and outlets and, you know, the, the, the lights for the living room were over in the kitchen, but you had to walk around the house and figure it all out. But it was a cool place. It was really a nice place. I mean, for, you know, a whole bunch of girls and, you know, two parents to get in. Um, I got to sleep on a couch, on a pull-out couch for two nights, which was fun. Uh, said no human being ever. And then uh, 
Emily and I drove back on Saturday. We went back over to the races, watched the last uh, bit of girls race. Em didn't win. Um, she had a, a, I'm not impressed with the coach at all. I'll tell you that right off the bat and not because of, you know, I'm a, I'm a super proud parent and I want my daughter to be in every race or on every game or every play. Cause that's not what it is. Uh, trust me. I am a full blown. You don't need an award for everything you do, but uh, you know, the, they, they brought, they asked my daughter to go up as a favor. It was her senior year. So it was really kind of a cool thing. And then there were the under 17 team that they were told, uh, if you're not winning the race, just back off. Don't expel any more energy. So, you know, my girls, my daughter and her four other girls that were in the eight boat um, rode their asses off. And the other four girls that were in the boat just kind of took their time. They really weren't even as a team sport. I personally thought that as a team, that this was a horrible display of of teamwork, of coaching, of every part of it. So, coach, if you're out there and you're listening to this, I honestly think you blew this week. I think you sucked. Um, I didn't think you were good at what you did at all. Um, not there as a team builder. Um, you kind of made it really not the greatest experience, but my daughter had an awesome time. She took a tremendous amount away from it. Um, there were some technical issues that should have been um, kind of that she should have been alerted about in the beginning. Um, and so should some of the girls in the boat that they weren't. It was a great learning experience for M because now, you know, you got to do a full walkthrough, man. You check out the boat. It's just like a pilot. You walk around the plane and you check it out. So, uh, Cool experience, though. I really enjoyed being up there and on a race that's been there for 136 years um, that is in St. Catherine, which is just outside of Niagara Falls, just outside of Niagara on the lake. Beautiful, beautiful area. Uh, all of it really dedicated to rowing. It was really a neat experience to get up there and see it and see all these teams. I think there were 148 or 150 some odd teams that were up there, and it's really well run. Um, they do a really nice job. So it was pretty cool to watch and pretty cool to see and, you know, to see an international level of competition that I haven't seen in a long time. So very, very neat experience. Um, so, uh, let's get into, uh, I think it's time to talk about our guest. Um, I have been, uh, I, I, I've, I follow people on Instagram and Twitter because they interest me. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? I'm not like a, I'm not like a fanboy. I'm not any of that stuff. I, I really just enjoy people and I enjoy uh, the stories that people have to tell, which is why I do this show, because I get to talk to people that interest me that I hope that they interest you guys. So this week's guest um, has been around for a long time, long, long time. Um, born in 1974, uh, July 8th. Actually, listen to me. I'm not a fanboy, but I know her birthday, July 8th, 1974. So cancer to cancer. That's me because I'm 7-Eleven. That's my birthday. Uh, if I give you guys any more information, you're going to be able to like hack me. All right. So no more information. I'm not giving you my social security number at all. Um, so my guest today, like I said, she's a, uh, a, a kind of an icon in the in the movie world with some stuff that she's done in the past. Um so uh, I'll just do with this. Known professionally as Tammy Aaron, uh, she's an American actress, model, singer, fashion designer, best known for her role as Pippi Longstocking in the new Adventures of, Adventure, Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Uh, that was re a movie that was released worldwide in 13 languages by Columbia Pictures. Um, so I, I spoke with Erin uh, this morning prior to get prior to get her on getting her on the show, and we had a great conversation. We talked for about 20 minutes, a half hour. Um, 
And I finally had to say, Tammy, do me a favor. We can't talk anymore. We got to slow down. We got to back up uh, because of the fact that uh, because you guys weren't going to get the full gist of what we were doing. So, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. uh, In the year of the 30th anniversary of the movie Pippi Longstocking, uh, the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have some new adventures right now. I want to welcome all of you to the show of Duffified Live. Miss Tammy Aaron. Well, hello, Tammy. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty awesome. Uh, so, uh, Tammy, I already told everybody that you and I spoke this morning and that we had a couple of fun little chats. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you tell everybody who you are and how they can follow you or get in touch with you or any of that stuff? Yeah, so I'm Tammy Aaron, and uh, you guys know me from the movies and modeling, specifically Tizzy Longstocking, 30-year anniversary, worldwide, very excited. Um, so my website is TammyAaron.com, T-A-M-I-E-R-I-N.com. On Twitter, it's Tammy Aaron Real. On Instagram, Tammy Aaron Official. And on Facebook, Tammy Aaron Official. There you go. Sounds very official to me. <laughs> I like it. Otherwise, you have to find me in Belize, personally. I know. I love that. I thought that was awesome that when you uh, when you texted me back. So Tammy and I have been te- just so everybody knows. Tammy and I have been texting um, back and forth for the last couple of months. And and the last time that you texted me, you had said, "Hey, look, I'm I'm in Belize. I'm I'm heading home. Uh, I might be moving there, <laughs> so we need to do this quick." Yes. Yeah, so I am. I'm, I'm actually getting ready. Um, so I've, I'm very happy in a very happy relationship. And he's asked me to move to his, what he refers to as his beach house. It's actually yeah. an estate. He's just so humble um, in Belize. It's so gorgeous there. If anybody listening has a chance to go to Belize, it's amazing, amazing people. The Caribbean is gorgeous. It's over by the, I believe it's called the Belize Barrier Reef. So that's where his estate is. So every day I was going snorkeling out there. And he also has a ranch in Colorado for skiing and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's a new chapter in my life and I'm very excited. That's pretty cool. Now, had you ever been to Belize before? I had not been to Belize before, but there was the question when he's like, you know, I'm in love with you. Would you consider living here part time? He's like, but you can go back to LA when you have work to do. And I'm like, that's the only thing that was, that's the only thing. Much of what I do is online. But when I have to do appearances, of course, I'll go back to the States, but it's only like a five hour plane ride to come back to Los Angeles or wherever I have to be in the States. So it's perfect to be able to live an island life really suits me. I have, I mean, I'm a huge beach guy. I mean, I love beaches. I love islands. I've been to a bunch of them. Um, I Belize is one I've never been to before, but it's definitely a place that I've got to get down to. Cause I, I don't know if it's just kind of shown it's, uh, if they've been doing a lot of marketing for it the last bunch of years, but I see a tremendous amount of people that are in and out of Belize anymore. Um, I- in the last six years, there's been a tremendous amount of growth with new condos and houses, new businesses opening. It's very safe. Um, and the people, you know, like in the States, we're a little bit different, a little bit more reserved. We don't particularly say hi to everyone. There, people are so friendly. The food at the local places is really good. You have incredible uh, seafood, but also the thing I'm very much into. So at his beach house, 
he has a ton of coconut trees. So every morning I could have my aloe with my real coconut, you know, like when they <laughs> chop off the top of it with a machete. And then the uh, Belizean coconut oil is very different than what we have here. Even at, a, you know, a good shop like Whole Foods, um, their coconut oil is so pure and so good. I put it on my face and my entire body. I also put it in my coffee in the morning. It's good for, uh, for your brain. Yeah, coconut oil has a lot, a lot of health benefits, and um, the yeah. the closer you can get to the source, the much better it is. Now, I know, I know for you, you're you're you live a raw life. That's something we talked about this morning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so for the most part, I eat raw foods. That's eighty percent of my diet, which is typically organic, but sometimes conventional uh, vegetables, fruits, oils, nuts, seeds, and spices. Nothing is cooked. Um, and then that is my everyday lifestyle. And then I have what are called cheat meals. I don't do a cheat day. Far too much fat and processed stuff for me. But on occasion, as you'll see on my Instagram, I have a lobster or I have sushi. And that would be one of my cheat meals. So that's oh. the 20% where I just let myself have those little indulgences. But yeah, raw food is so healthy. It's a great lifestyle. It's good for the planet. It helps, you know, eating a plant-based diet, obviously helps with, you know, animals and, you know, the way that they're treated. And um, I was introduced to raw foods. I wanted to give a shout out to one of my great friends, an award-winning raw foods author. Her name is Annie P.O., A-N-I-P-H-Y-O. And you can go to AnniePio.com. And um, she's the one who actually got me started eating raw foods and created a special regimen for me of pie fresh rolls and smoothies and fresh raw foods desserts and introduced me to Moby at Monster Massive, and probably a lot of your listeners know who Moby is, an amazing EDM uh, artist and DJ, and then also uh, Gene Bauer Farm Sanctuary, where they have sanctuaries that rescue animals all over the country. Oh, that's cool. Now, do you yeah. now? How, how hard is it for you to go out and and to eat, or and I mean, what what's it like? I mean, what are you going out to eat when you're going out to eat? That's the reason that it's twenty percent. Uh, for me is that my home, I don't have any dairy or processed foods. Only raw food is what's in my kitchen. And when I go out to eat with people, if I want raw food, there's plenty of different options available to me, but I do enjoy having sometimes even an In-N-Out burger. So that's where I give myself that 20% margin that if I want a lobster, sushi, In-N-Out burger, whatever that happens to be, then I have my cheat meal. And I never have to concern myself with, oh, I shouldn't eat that because it's not Friday yet, my cheat day. I can eat whatever I like, whenever I like, but I keep my kitchen raw food. Okay. Now, do you have, do you have have animals? Uh, I do not right now, but I have, yes. Okay. Because I know that a lot of horses, dogs, cats. Okay. Because I know a lot of people that have animals that live a vegan or vegetarian or even a raw life kind of transfer that into their 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 pets' lives. And I wasn't sure if that was something that, that you did as well. Uh, no. With the horses, though, they love apples and carrots. But, sure. Um, I think a lot of people, just on an emotional level, they realize, I would not eat my dog. So then why right. am I eating meat? I've heard a lot of people say things like that. Now, when I had my horses and, and cats and, and dogs, I didn't particularly, I let them eat meat. And, and even my beautiful little, my beauty girl had a cat named Beauty. And uh, she loved Friskies. 
as deli turkey. So no, I did not. I did not have them eating <laughs> vegan. Um, but yeah, I can understand why people look at their animal and they realize they have a personality and a heart, and so that can help encourage them to go more in the vegan direction. Plus, you can get pretty much anything you can eat that's a meat product or a dairy product in a vegan version now. Oh yeah. It's amazing what's going on out there. I mean, I, the, the really funny thing is that, uh, you know, everybody, do you remember the whole thing that happened with Taco Bell a couple of years ago where they had, they found out that it wasn't 100% beef that was going into their, their, uh, ground beef mix. There was a product that they put in, which was called basically it was wheat tax, which is a, a byproduct. It's a wheat product that, that takes on the, the mouthfeel and kind of the texture of beef. Um, and now we have these burgers out that are called impossible burgers, which are basically made from the same okay. stuff. Did you do impossible? I, I, I've had many, I get them at veggie grill and I have them well done. They are the best. And yeah. the beyond meat brand is, I believe are the people that make impossible burgers. They make, uh, you know, like non like chicken, but it's like vegan chicken. They make, uh, vegan orange chicken and beef and all kinds of good stuff. That's why I'm saying when I was a strict vegetarian for three years, I ate nothing but animal suffered. I didn't have a lot of options when I went out to eat. So now that we have tofurkeys for Thanksgiving and all oh, of these uh, really great alternatives, people should just try it, try it, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, the options are and now hold on. So you've been in LA. How long have you lived in LA? On and off between uh, LA and San Francisco. Since I was 20. Okay. So it's been a long time. And there's been a massive change. I mean, you know, LA has always been the forefront of, of pretty much everything that we do across the country. I mean, LA was always the, 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 the left side of the country was really that healthier option that was moving towards the East. And then the East coast was really that heavier food that was super creative and super fun. And now we've got a great kind of mix of left to right with the way that things are working. And the Midwest is still a little bit behind with some of the trends that are happening. But I mean, going to LA and, and having, you know, just the basics of going out for lunch, if you're on a diet or if you are, have dietary restrictions or whatever it is, is just the easiest thing in the world. I mean, it's everywhere you look, there's a, an amazing option for whatever it is that you eat. Yeah. It's, well, absolutely. Everything here also in LA, everyone's into the whole gluten-free I don't have to eat gluten-free, but there's, you know, really, if you look at, I watch a lot of YouTube videos if I want to research something and uh, look into eating gluten-free because there definitely are some health benefits. But yeah, I can go anywhere that I want and find something that's vegan, oftentimes something raw. Like back in the day, though, I was like a Jamba Juice addict. Like I was <laughs> at Jamba Juice every morning getting my large smoothie, only fruit. And with, you know, it's conventional fruit, it wasn't organic, but it's like, if you're eating that healthy, conventional fruit and vegetables, it's fine. It doesn't have to all be organic, but yeah. So it's, it's come a long way and I think it's great, but a lot of people, I think what people are gravitating toward is using the word plant-based. Eating a plant-based diet is really healthy for you, healthy for the animals and good for the environment. Right. Now, I mean, are you... You know, I mean, you said if you want, you'll have an In-N-Out burger. So it's not like you're living a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle. I mean, you still you still indulge yeah, in the things that you have to indulge, that you want to indulge in. You're not holding back. Yeah, I do it that way. But also, I think me talking about this and having people hear it, because it, it, sometimes people will throw themselves into a diet and then they wind up yo-yoing or they'll lose a bunch of weight through starvation, crash the metabolism, gain the weight right back, or they'll wait for their cheat day. 
And the entire week, they're just waiting for that cheat day. I don't want to spend my emotional energy or my mind thinking like, oh, I can't, I can't. It's like, no, if I want a piece of margarita pizza right now at lunch, I will be <laughs> having that with a little salad. And right. then I go back to my lifestyle. And I think that's healthier for people to realize you don't have to be 100%. You know, you can progress and, and grow. I went from vegetarian to vegan to now raw foods with my 20% splurges. And that's cool with me. And you feel good and you have nothing to worry about. And guess what? Who gives a shit what anybody else thinks anyway? Well, also, I, I look good. I'm healthy. Right. Um, you know, I've never, had to, I've never had any plastic surgery, no needles, no nothing, even though it's offered to me for free, like, you know, lips and all of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, for me, I want to be healthy from the inside out and be myself and live my life as an adventure. And that's, that's truly what it is with me. Guess what, boys? We have a couple things in common. Most of them are right between our legs. Guess what? We have another thing in common. We have to wear underwear. I do. I wear it all the time. You guys do. You wear it all the time sometimes. For me, I'm a Mack Weldon guy. I started to find out about these guys about a year ago. I got a whole bunch of pairs of their underwear and a couple pairs of socks. They've got tall socks and they have the really small, like no C socks. I'm a huge fan. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. For me, you go on the website. You hop in, you look at the underwear, you pick out the stuff you want in your size, you put it in your cart. If you get a code, which is I'm going to, which I'm going to give you in a minute, you're going to get a code, you pop it in and you pay and you go. It's here in just a couple days. Okay. Mack Weldon is going to be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and now they've got sweatpants that you ever are going to wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means that they eliminate odor. You guys know sometimes we get a little stinky down there get a little stinky, wear the underwear. It'll take care of it. The silver stuff's really cool. They want you to be as comfortable as possible. So if you don't like your first pair, keep it. And they're still going to refund you with no questions asked. Guys, all you got to do, go to MacWeldon.com, enter the promo code of Duffy at the checkout, and you're going to get 20% off your first order. Ready? Here we go. I'm going to do it one more time for you. MacWeldon.com in the promo code, enter the word Duffy, you get 20% off. Like I said, I started following you about a year ago, a little bit more. And you do, you do have an adventure. You have some fun that's going on out there. I always, I have half a suitcase packed at all times. <laughs> that is, it, I don't know what it is. I think that, I think it's people that travel a lot do have that. I mean, I have two toothbrushes. I have two different sticks of deodorant. I have, you know, I have, I have two of everything and some of it just stays in the suitcase. And, and sometimes, you know, I mean, I might replace a black t-shirt with a white t-shirt. But I do. I'm the same way. I have half of a suitcase packed almost all the time. Yeah. And I got, I started traveling when I was 11 internationally. I got my passport when I was 11. So far I've been to 14 countries wow. and um, yeah, if I could make it to like, you know, 30, 35 countries, that'd be really awesome. Some of the ones that I'm thinking about now are like um, Cuba and, and Argentina and things along those lines that are definitely have been off the path. I've been all over Europe and you know, Sweden and all of that, Germany, Austria. I managed to ski in Austria, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, so for me, I'm very good at packing. I keep my suitcase packed and then, you know, I have, whether it's my lover or if it's for business, I give me an hour, I'm ready to go to the air
yeah. can you be ready in an hour? Can you like get your passport? <laughs> let's go. Let's get out of town. Um, but I mean, with you being down in Belize, especially, I mean, you've got Guatemala, you've got Honduras, you've got El Salvador, you've got Nicaragua. I mean, you can hit, yeah. you can hit a couple, you're, you're just, you know, you're a couple hours away from, from Costa Rica and everything else. And I mean, you could literally just drive in that case, you know, and just take off. That's what's super cool yeah. about being down that part of South America. Yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. Um, my boyfriend already has a list of places where we're going to start going to in uh, next month in September. So I'm super excited about that. But that's when I talk about it, I don't have children, by the way. Right. So I don't have that and I don't have pets right now. So I'm really free to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, and right. whomever I want. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the great thing about um, having that freedom. But also, you know, embrace your life. Live it as an adventure. Each day you have, you're only going to have it once. Have fun with it. Be yourself. Right. I say it every single day. I have daughters. So, you know, I mean, raising girls as a single dad, you know, it's one of the things that I say every day, you have one life. You've got to do everything in your power to experience as much as you can. You know, I, I mean, I have conversations with my 17 year old. I'm like, Hey, you go do something stupid. Like you're in high school, go do something stupid. Don't get in a car with somebody who's drinking. Don't do heroin and stay away from Coke and you know, the, the, yeah. the normal shit, but go do something stupid and have fun. You know, so she, she called me a couple of weeks ago and she said, dad, we're going to the beach. I was like, all right, cool. Where are you guys staying? She said, well, I could lie to you and I could tell you that I'm staying at so-and-so's house, or I could just tell you that we're going to sleep in the car. I said, well, okay. at, the, at, the, at the end of every day, I want you to text, just send me your location just so I know where you are. You know, yeah. I trust you. I, she, she, I, I have no reason not to trust this kid, you know, yeah. and, and she does, she lives life and she does really cool shit. And that's the way that it should be. So. Yeah, definitely. My, I have three brothers and my parents raised us to be independent and to fly free and to be free spirited. So that's where I get my 50% glamour girl comes from Hollywood and the fashion industry. And then my 50% flower child that comes really from my family and my parents. Right. Really now, are, are you, you're, you're from Illinois, correct? I am. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, which is Wheaton, which is where the Belushi brothers are from. Oh, nice. Very yeah. nice. I'm a huge fan of Illinois. I have I have clients in in the far western suburbs, out towards Breeze, Illinois, and then I actually have um I have a lot of properties that I work with and deal with on a on a very personal level in Rockford, Illinois, and then Chicago itself. I mean, Chicago property you just can't beat. I mean, it's just an amazing city. It is, yeah, it's an amazing city, and of course the pizza. So if anybody wants to order pizza where you're on the U.S., Numa Nadi's will overnight in dry ice. Chicago deep dish pizzas to you wow, and all the other other favorites. Lou Malnani's. Yeah, they're really good. My dad nice. gets them every year for the Super Bowl. Hold on. You got to tell me that again. Tell me, how do you spell it? Oh, uh, L-O-U. And then I believe M-A-L-N-O-T-T-I-S. There it is. Lou Malnati's. Look at that. There it is. I've Not never heard of it. Lou Malnati's. Lou Malnati's, they have Fannie Mae candies. They have uh, that French dip, you know, where you have, you know what French dip is. They have oh, that that they can send to you and all the deep dish pizzas. They even make for uh, romantics, they make a heart-shaped deep dish pizza. Well, there you go. You need to send a heart-shaped pizza down to Belize. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's kind of, let's back up a little bit. So you're from Illinois. You've got four, you yes. said four older brothers or three older brothers. Three. I have three brothers total, one older, two younger. Okay. And then, so are your parents still living in that part of Illinois? 
No, my mom is remarried. She lives in Phoenix. She's a cougar. She has a husband 10 years younger. Leave it to her to be. (laughs) Love it. She's someone I get my looks, my nose, particularly from my features from her. Um, And then, uh, yeah. And then my, my, most of my family, my dad, my brother, that's San Francisco. And then my youngest brother has his two kids and his girlfriend and they live in Dallas, Texas. Oh, very nice. So you get to, so, I mean, the cool part is, I mean, being a single lady and, and, and you get to go all over. That's the best part. I'm going to see somebody in San Francisco. Then I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going back over to, uh, um, Phoenix, which I I can't do Phoenix. I'm sorry, Tammy. It's just too goddamn hot. It's too hot. I know. Oh my God. It's hell. I thought Florida was bad. And and you grew up in Miami for a while as well. Three years in Miami. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I understand why my mom lives there because when we were in Miami versus being in Chicago where you have so much snow in the winter, she loved the hot climate. Yeah. She absolutely loved it. So she was really happy there in Phoenix. So yeah, in Miami, that was from nine to 12. And I started like one of the things I did, of course we were at the beach all the time, but I started, I learned how to drive when I was 10 competing with my brothers in go-kart. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. I could imagine being the, well, actually, no, I guess I can. My sister is the only sister of three brothers. And she's the oldest. So she gets, you know, I mean, she gets to, to see, she got to see all the stupid shit that we did because we got caught it, for everything. I'm fortunate that I was first the middle child and second, the only girl. So I was the princess. I oh, could really do no wrong. I was very, I, I was very pampered and spoiled growing up. And then if you add in all the luxury for my movie career, I, I have lived a very, you know, a, a very fortunate life. I had a ton of work to do, by the way, because I was working, you know, uh, up until I was 18, I was working constantly like six and seven days a week. Right. So there was a lot of work that went into it, but I was, you know, I, I was building this career that I had wanted since I was five. That's how young I was when I started saying, I want to be a movie star. <laughs> and my parents thought I was so cute. And they're like, of course you want to be a movie star, Tammy. Sure. Everyone wants to be a movie star. And then when I won the role of, hippie long stocking out of over 8,000 girls worldwide. And my parents were like, wait a minute, she did it. How did she right. know? What it? Like, but that was really, that was amazing. Once I got the role, 10 minutes later, the USA Today was in my hotel room suite taking my picture for the cover of the life section that ran the following day. And then I did the big press thing. So I've been doing personal interviews since I was 11. And I'm fortunate my career has lasted this long. Like, it's incredible to me. I'm so lucky because not many people can stay in the industry, you know, for decades. Yeah. For decades. So I'm really happy and grateful. And I have a very mm. full life. And now this new adventure of being in love and, you know, all these new kind of domesticated goddess things that I get to do that I haven't had a lot of time for. Right. Well, so now, okay, so I, I, I'm going to go back. So this will figure what 32 yeah. years ago you fa- you found out you got the role because two years pro- probably to get the to get it all set up and get everything ready to rock and roll and then production and the whole nine yeah. yards, right? It was a year and a half of pre-production. So yeah, so I was four, I was 13, 12 and 13 when we were filming, and then a year and a half leading up. To it. So 11, I was announced. A year and a half of private training in New York and Los Angeles. And then uh, four months of filming. And then there was the world tour, which took, it was post-production, which took a year of the looping, this movie soundtrack that I sang and, and still doing personal interviews. And the world tour was about a year. 
So by the time I was done, I was approaching 16. And it was a two-movie deal, but I couldn't do the Pippi and the South Seas because you can imagine with my hourglass figure and boobs and all of that, they're like, we love you. We're not going to recast Pippi and the South Seas because I signed a two-movie franchise to carry $10 million for right. Columbia. But I couldn't do the second one because I had breasts. So, really? you know. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty much the explanation that was given to me is that we love you. We're not going to recast. The world's falling in love with you, but we can't do it because you can't play an eleven-year-old who's when got you've... you know a butt and boobs and you know <laughs> right, right. All of that. <laughs> that sucks. It, you know what? At the time, it really did devastate me. It oh, so sure. devastated me, and I thought that we were supposed to do it as we were wrapping the first one. Why did this take so long? Who made the mistake? Tell me right. who it is. Like, okay. yeah, Damn it, it where are they? But and also, I will... Go ahead. Exactly. I'm going to find that person. All right. Well, yeah. anyway, but that actually was a good time for me because I had been working six and seven days a week constantly for five years. And then I was working pretty much 40 hour work week since I was eight. So then it's eight years into all of that work. That's when I was able to take a little bit of a break because truthfully, I was a little bit exhausted because yeah really everything rested on my shoulders. They couldn't get anything done without me. So I was like a little working machine. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to take a break, but yeah, it, it did kind of, but I let people know. And also I don't often mention this, but we did do Columbia pictures and win. Sorry, Columbia, you lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that actually, no, I was going to ask that question. I mean, you know, you've got to have a hell of an agent now or an attorney. I mean, I love my attorney's an LA attorney. He's an entertainment guy. You know, nothing gets past him. Um, so, I mean, that had to be something that, I mean, you were, you signed a two, a two movie deal and they made a decision yeah. not to go on the second because no offense, you got some boobs and you got a butt. So. Yeah. And the thing that, the thing that was a, a problem first, the 30 year anniversary is actually in March. That's when the first world world premiere was. So they should have been rolling it out in the stage with the initial domestic box office where people think it's July 29th. They should have been rolling it out. They saw it in English in March. They should have been rolling it out in June and July when the kids are out of school. But Dawn Steele, who wanted to become chairman, she had it pushed to pretty much August 1st. July 29th is August 1st. So the initial domestic box office and then the 12 other languages are not reflected in that. So there were some dirty, shady things that were done with Columbia and also some illegal things that were done with me. So I'm happy we won the lawsuit. I didn't want to have to be involved in suing them. I'm, you know, but it is what it is. And it made me a, a wiser person about, it's an amazing industry. It's given me access to a beautiful, you know, luxurious life. But that also, you know, I worked so hard for them that I deserved to be a little bit more recognized and of course compensated for the second movie. And exactly. also I shouldn't have been pulled into this campaign where Don feels like, well, I want David Putnam, this lovely gentleman who was chairman. I want him out. So now I'm going to start smearing these bunch of movies and saying that they're underperforming. And it's like, oh, now it's all for 30 years. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's okay. We won the lawsuit. I got my money plus damages. Right. And I'm a wiser person for it. And now I pick and choose. And they come to me when, they, when I do movies. They actually come to me specifically, not like personally through my agent. They say, we want Tammy for this role. We're not auditioning anyone else. Can we meet with her? I go in as if I already have the job and boom, I book the movie. Right. So it turned out well. Well, good. Well, good. So now are they, gonna, are they doing anything with 
And oddly enough, we talked about the fact that we probably weren't going to talk too much about Pippi Longstocking this morning when we were on the phone. And we are. But so is there going to be a I mean, is there going to be any kind of pomp and circumstance for the 30th or or what? No, what I know I didn't get involved. I think that it would have been fun if I had actually taken some initiative for something to be to be done on Amelia Amelia Island or Jacksonville. If I had put some time into it. But of course I'm traveling and doing all this, but the movie has been re-released three more times and it's selling every day. I'm the one who gets the detailed royalty reports. So I know which countries it's selling in, how it's being monetized, obviously what I get from it. Um, So I'm really proud of that because the proof is in the pudding. The movie's gone on to sell for 30 years straight in 13 languages, which I've been told is now 18 languages. And I was in every scene but one. And the one scene I wasn't in, I got to direct. So, you know, there it is. That's the proof. Yeah. So what are, so what are you doing now? So, I mean, you know, the movie comes out, you've done all, all of the stuff. Well, actually not even what are you doing now? So from 16 on, no, you know what? No, I don't want to ask that question. I want to ask this question. What, how hard was it for you at the age of, you know, 14, 15, 16, coming out of a, literally a blockbuster at that point, an iconic film for children yeah. all over the world. I mean, you're, you're not in school, so you're on the road, you're learning. You know, you've got a, a teacher who's with you. Who, who was traveling with yeah. you? A tutor, I'm sorry. I, so, yeah, so I had a tutor for uh, two years of my career. Um, and then when we were filming, of course, we had our studio teacher. Um, and then uh, my mom would travel with me but there were periods when we were on the world tour where when I wasn't traveling internationally or domestically to promote the film, I would go back to high school. Oh, really? And, um, and had, yeah. And had a really, you know, a really nice, um, kind of, you know, normalcy brought back into my life. So that part was really fun. And I liked having a tutor. It made it easy for me because all of my work was pretty much presented to me. I could sit down and work on it three, four hours a day. And then I could go back to my work, which is what I truly love. If you watch one of my uh, personal interviews, you can find it on YouTube of a German game show that I did with Sylvester Stallone. Yes, Sylvester Stallone. No. Um, That's awesome. He said it was beautiful. He saw me <laughs> on the monitor and he said, oh, she's American. She's beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, but during that, I was asked during the interview, would you rather be a schoolgirl or would you rather focus on acting? And I said, acting is my priority, but I have to go to school. So clearly, if I could yeah. not have to go to school, I would have chosen just the acting. But I'm glad I got my education. I even went to college for a bit, too. So now, I mean, what is that like being 16 years old and walking down the street and all your friends from your hometown are like, holy shit, that's Tammy Aaron. Like, that's Pippi Longstock. Everywhere I went, people recognized me. Everyone, they would go crazy too. Like, jump on me, hug me, you know, like, oh my God. And in fact, when I went to high school and I was registering, my brother a year older was standing behind me. There's got to be 100 plus kids in this auditorium still registering for school. The girl in front of me turns around and she does a double take and then she lets out this like sound. <laughs> she goes, oh my God. Stocking. And I heard there were so many heads directly swishing toward me that sure. I could hear them. And from that moment on, then everyone knew that I was, you know, <laughs> I was there and I was one of their classmates. It was very fun. I, I have always loved my fans when I arrived in in Tokyo. There was just a mob of people like waiting 
waiting for me in the paparazzi to take pictures of me. And, you know, yeah, so it's very fun. I get recognized all the time today, although I will say just a, a funny side note. On occasion, people think I'm Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I'm like, well, um, hey, no. <laughs> look, my 17-year-old daughter, who is a who's a ginger as well, and I want to talk to you about being a ginger too, because I think it's fucking awesome. I'm sorry. I, I think the fact that. that that there's there's that little percentage of the entire world has what you guys have, plus the fact that there's something in in regards to anesthesia, a tolerance of pain, um, a leadership yep. quality that comes with all of that. That that's based on your genetic breakdown is something that just fascinates me. Um, you know, I mean, uh, that you're not some you're not a brunette who's walking down the street. You are a you're an attractive redhead. People stop and go, oh, holy shit, look who it is. You know, they can do, yeah, they can do a double take yeah. and say, well, I think that's her. But no, you're 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 an iconic figure that somebody looks at and goes, oh, my God, that's Tammy Aaron. I've had people stop me like they like Whole Foods parking lot or different places, even this cafe that I like going to in West Hollywood. People will literally stop and go, wait a minute. And when they recognize me and they're like, you're, are you are you Tammy Aaron? <laughs> yeah, I'll kind of a selfie with you. I love you. And I'm like, oh, yeah. of course you can. It's really, you know, it's fun. And they're always really sweet and wonderful. And I still get fan mail all the time. Fan mail and I do appearances. I just love my fans. And also, by the way, I want to put uh, a shout out to my website. It's kind of new. But the thing that's selling the most are the live meet and greets with my fans. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, yeah. So they like to meet me in person. And then there's another one. Um, that they're kind of one is 1000 for dinner in Beverly Hills when I'm in town. The other one is 5,000. So uh, these are typically guys who have a crush on me and they're carefully vetted. Usually CEOs of corporations that are like, you have your own suite. Can I take you on vacation? Once I realized like, wait a minute. So you want to give me $5,000 to take me on vacation? I have my own suite, five star first class. And I know who you are and I know all everything about you. Yeah, I'll go with you. Exactly. I'll work out with you. We'll go to the beach. We'll go shopping. Paint the town red. So fun! What a so, great way to yeah. what a great way to see the world, though, as well at the same time. Yeah, and also there, you know, these are intelligent gentlemen. So we have some really great, you know, fun together, and uh, you know, but that's the benefit of being single. You know, obviously, now that I'm in a relationship, I won't be doing that as much. I mean, or right. at all. So, sure. um, but of it, it was fun for the time. Yeah. What a, I'm actually looking at your website while I talk to you. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good website. Yeah, it's cute. I want to redo the banner. That's the one thing I want to do is get the slideshow perfect because those are just the initial images. But yeah, it's a great website. It's really easy. The autograph photos, there's general audience, bikini and lingerie. And then I have my sexy vault, which is, you know, more of the implied nude and lingerie pictures and things along those lines out of the sexy stuff. Because what I do now as far as current project. Um, I talk a lot about sex and uh, work with people, specific clients as a sex sport, helping them with their dating life or their relationship or their sex life for that matter. And all the projects, like you were asking what projects am I working on now? I have a film that I am working on with a great photographer. He just shot um, Sting's cover for his new album. And uh, so he's going to direct and do this little R-rated sexy movie with me. So I'm still, you know, creating movies and content 
Um, but I want everything now to be R-rated. I don't want to do the G-rated stuff any longer. Sure. I'm just over it. Well, and we, we had a brief conversation this morning when we were talking about this. So, so what, uh, and we talked about the fact that people don't talk enough about sex, that, that in our country, it has, it's almost been taboo and it still is, you know, I mean, it still is, it's, it's, it's what I see all over the world, but that people don't talk enough about sex. And what we were saying, what I said to you this morning was, you know, if I'm in a relationship with somebody and if I don't like something, or if I did something that you, that we should have a convert, there should be a conversation about that. Yeah. Communicating about your sexuality is really important. It's one of the reasons why my relationship have been monogamous and long-term relationships. I have good dating karma, so I meet the right men, but we go on happy for years. And one of the reasons is that I'm very, I don't put limitations on my sexuality in a loving monogamous relationship. So that keeps it spicy and exciting. And I think it's refreshing for people to hear from someone from mainstream Hollywood who is a woman saying, I love to have sex with my partner. I like it this way. Here's how I place my order. That's by Dr. Ava Cadell. She's the number one sex expert in the U.S. and probably top 10 in the world. She says, place your order. I love it when you do this. I love it when you do that. You know, all of that. But also, the thing that I find endlessly fascinating about sex, it will never be the same way twice. It's always going to be new. So tell the person what you like and encourage them to do those things and keep it sexy always. Well, there should be a there there should be a a, a kind of a I, I like how you say place your order. It's the truth. Yeah, this is what I like. Oh, and yeah. this is, Hey, I want to try this today. What do you say we do this? I totally agree with you. I think that that's the way it should be. And, you know, being a, a, a I mean, I'm 47 years old, you know, I, and as I said to you this morning during the conversation was that I, we're, we're both in it for the same thing. It's a pleasure. It's, it's a, a passion that happens during that time frame. I want to give you, I, I want the same exact thing that you want. So, you know, I, I, I don't understand the, 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 the bump and jump, I guess I should say. I'm not a bump and jump kind of guy. You know, I want to hang out. I want to have fun. I want to, I want to make it an experience for both of us at that time. And that's something that I'm, 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 all, I, I'm a big fan of that. And I don't know where I'm going with that, but you get what I'm saying. No, I think that that's, yeah. So placing your order is and doing it in a really beautiful, encouraging way. But also I've had some surprises. My five-year fiance took me to a live sex club where they have like these couples and they actually have sex like right, you know, and it's like a nightclub and they it's have like, different uh, like fetish rooms. It's like a nightclub, but they don't serve alcohol. It was eyes wide, eyes wide shut. Wasn't there that they took, uh, uh, uh Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise went yeah. into a similar, into one of those situations. Yeah. We, there's just, there's a club like that. That's in Philly. I've never been, but there, at least there used to be that I had heard about that. There was a club like that in Philly where they had the live sex show and it was a very high end, very classy operation. It wasn't what, yeah. what, what, what is, what we assume or what has been presented to us for all these years, that this was a really high end operation. Yeah. They're, they're very elegant and classy and it's really for you to become a voyeur for a moment. And I'm telling you, the couple in the main room, they must have been dancers and models because they were so sexy and so sensual. Then there was the bondage couple. And then we had like the businessman and the like the plaid little schoolgirl, like sugar baby type. And so they had different fetish rooms where you could kind of watch the little windows and like be a voyeur. I thought it was so sexy. And the fact that it was a surprise for me made it even more exciting. 
But that's also got to, I mean, that has to take the relationship that you're in with somebody to a completely different personal level. Because now you're reflecting, you're looking back and you're looking at that. It's almost like, it's almost like handing a person a menu and saying, choose what you want. Tell me what you want for dinner tomorrow night. I think here's the way I say it. It's the breakfast, brunch, lunch, afternoon delight, happy hour, dinner, middle of the night. There you yeah. go. It's That's always it. on the menu. That's the way I am. So what, what brought you into the world of becoming a sex bird? I mean, how did that, how did, where, where was the transition? What, what, I mean, you already had a platform, which is awesome. And to be able to take that platform and utilize now something that you have a total passion and interest about, where was that switch? And this is a 17 part question. Was there a time where you were like, well, I don't, you know, do I do this? I mean, I'm Pippi Longstocking. How do I make that transition into this adult world that I'm really interested in? Well, so I've always been the person that my friends came to since I was about 16, 17 with their wild sex stories. I'm very <laughs> sex in the city. So that's the natural to me. Even total strangers will start talking to me about their relationships and their sex life. And I'm all ears. I love I did it this it. morning. I did it this morning. Oh, we yeah, thought, exactly. And I talked to you for 12 seconds. <laughs> Um, when, so five years ago, when, so, you know, I have a, a best-selling celebrity sex tape like Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian, all of that. Right. When that happened five years ago, it became this international scandal, Tammy Aaron, the sex tape. I admit, people don't know, I was filming sex tapes for my lover of five years. That's after the five year fiance. So I was filming them for uh, almost five years. I was filming sex tapes and I feel the most alive in front of the camera. I was doing that, so it actually became kind of normal to me to film myself having sex. And then I had the scandal of Tammy Aaron's bitter ex-boyfriend and wants to release their home movie, blah, blah, blah. Once I was like, you know what? I am going to release it. You want to see it? You want to see this? I'm sexy as all get out. Here you go. And by the way, this is real sex, and you should be having good sex, too. That was really my, where I was coming from, is that that's not adult entertainment. That's real sex of two people who love each other and you should be having sex like this. So watch. And then yeah. from there, everyone went, wow, she's really open and she embraces her sexuality. Maybe I could talk with her. So initially they started getting in touch with me through social media or through an agent, a publicist, a friend. And then it kind of just kind of moved forward from there. And I realized not only do I love to do this, but I'm very knowledgeable and comfortable talking to people like, well, I've been to live sex clubs. Well, I've had threesomes and I set proper boundaries. So here's how you can do it. Or if you're, you're getting out there dating and you want to, you know, find the love of your life, I can help you with that. So for me, it's absolutely a pleasure. Who would not want to have a job? I mean, this is just for me. Having a job where you can help people have their ideal relationship and a mind-blowing sex life, and that's part of your work, that makes, that makes my heart sing. It really sure. does. Well, it makes me uh, so incredibly happy. But and there's but there's an ease uh, there's an ease of of like when you talk to somebody who is I, I you know I've heard I've heard terms before sex positive I've heard sex bird I've heard stuff like that there is it's it's almost like there's a level of comfort because when yeah, you're yeah. that open and honest with somebody about something as taboo which i do believe that sex is still very taboo the conversation of it no matter no matter what websites are out there no matter pornhub or whatever it is that's out there it, it's it's still taboo you know what happens in the bedroom should stay in the bedroom is the mindset of most people and 
to be able to have an open and honest conversation, I believe that when you meet somebody who is sex positive, who's a sex expert, who's whatever it is, the conversations that come out of that, not just about sex, are completely raw and more truthful than anything else. That's how I feel. Yeah, my view. I I became, I had my the first love of my life when I was 17, and I've always equated that sex is love and then equals beautiful. So for me, sexuality is love, but also I think of it like art, like a Picasso. And so it's a creation of the fantasy and the eroticism and, you know, feminine energy and Tantra and exploring. And what I refer to it as my playtime, that playtime is very important to me. And I want people to see it from a place of love and connecting and exploring exploring and having their playtime and being open about that. I've never been inhibited, nor was I taught to be, about being in love with someone and having an amazing sex life. I've never been inhibited. That's why I said it's always on the menu for me. That's my person. However I want to do it, whatever we want to do, let's, you know, let's yeah. keep it exciting. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I'm, I, look, I, like I said, I feel that there's, there was an instant comfort of, of talking to you on the phone. Immediately, when I called you this morning, or you know that there was a comfort, and like I said, we started talking about my puppy, my daughters, my travel, my you know all <laughs> of that stuff, and I finally said we have to stop talking because we're not going to have anything to talk about on the show. I think we're doing okay right now, but uh, but that's kind of fun. So, all right, so now what's what's coming up next? I mean, what what are your next your next bunch of plans? Okay, so there are three things that I'm working on. First, I'm doing these really sexy photo shoots with my. Uh, you know, like very well-known photographer where I'm, I'm exploring bondage. I'm doing the whole uh, submissive and dominatrix, the plastic, the whip, the lingerie, right. all the fetishy stuff. Then also the film that, I, that we're working on getting out of development. We're going to go into pre-production soon. But then also I have people coming to me going, you should really do a podcast and talk about sex. And it's like, I have so many stories to tell you and I'll tell you my personal one, my friend's one. <laughs> I'll talk to anyone about this. Um, and then I have authors and publishers come to me and say, would you write a book about sex and healthy sex and relationships and, and mind-blowing sex? Or would you write a book about your life? So those are the three things that I'm working on. And you'll see my sexy photos pop up and new products being put on the website to promote. And then doing this new movie as a passion project, I'm really excited about it. There's a threesome scene in it. and I've had threesomes and here's one tip, one piece of advice for people that are thinking about doing that and they're in a monogamous relationship. You must set proper boundaries. It was very fun. And the way that I approached it was, this is a five-year fiance. Well, what is your fantasy for this? And he said, well, I want us to be praying with her. And I'm like, okay, cause you belong to me. Like those lips are mine. That body is mine. Right. Right. And we set proper boundaries. Then I talked to her and the boundaries were already established. She's like, no, I like you, meaning me. And I was like, oh, good. We're all on the same page. Okay, we're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, a party with this. This is going to be very fun. So I think if you're in a relationship, you're exploring a threesome, just set the proper boundaries so that you don't wind up having it. Having it you want to have it positively impact your relationship so you're more connected, not the alternative. Right. Because you're not prepared. Well, there's, and when it comes into a threesome world, there's also a tremendous amount of, of trust and, and communication that leads up to that. 
I mean, it, it, it's not just you guys are at the bar and you're like, hey, I think we should bang her. I think it's there's a lot that leads up to that. And I know from from friends of mine who are married, who have had who have been in, you know, in threesomes or multiple situations like that, that they have one of the tightest relationships, one of the best bonds that I've seen of of most people with relationships, because there's a trust that's there. There's a communication that's there. they're really discussing and talking about every single thing. And you have to be super confident in the relationship that you have with that person to be able to do that. And I think that most people are afraid to 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 put themselves in that position. Yeah. But I think part of it is that they don't know how they don't, sure. they're not quite sure. And they're afraid of this, the feelings of jealousy or just this, does he want this other girl or, right. you know, vice versa, whatever. So, but if you set proper boundaries and you can communicate, you can have fun. And then you have this very secret little experience, this secret adventure together, and it can make your relationship much stronger. Sure. And that's what happened with, in my relationships, I also had a threesome where my five-year lover, he bought me a girl. He literally bought her. He purchased her for me. Wow. And the only thing, well, he's very wealthy. Sure. And we were in Las Vegas. And so she shows up to the door of our suite at the Bellagio. And I thought she was someone's girlfriend. So I am like, oh, hi, can I get you a glass of champagne? So he says, will you dance for her? And this girl starts dancing and he looks at me and he's like, Yes, I, I, I got her for her. And he said she comes with good references. Oh, <laughs> Let me see your resume. Oh, All right. right. Let the interview exactly. process begin. No, it was so cute and it was so innocent. And she was so like sexy and adorable and she was fun. But I just, the only thing I told him afterwards, I'm like, if she only would have shown up to the door with a big red bow around her neck, that would have just been <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so uh, so you're you're going to be doing this new the new photo shoots. You're going a little bit deeper, and I know one of the things you said today was, you know, you're really going more into the R end of it. You're getting out of the G side of things. You want to make it a little bit more aggressive with stuff. And then what else? I mean, are are you still? You know, is there still world of, of Pippi Longstocking that's out there? I mean, you're released in 18 countries. You've you've met amazing people. It's now in its 30 year anniversary. I mean, is there any more to do with that stuff or are you kind of backing away from it? No, it will always be there. I receive fan mail. Um, a lot of it through CamiAaron.com and social media where parents say, I just introduced my child to Pippi Longstocking and they absolutely love it. She keeps watching it over and over. I will always be, I will, I'm the living embodiment of Pippi Longstocking even sure. after the author called me my Pippi. So that part, I embrace it. I love it. I will always have that. Um, but further, when I do appearances, I have part of everything. That's why general audience has a lot to do with Pippi and, and my, you know, my youth and, uh, you know, all the modeling and stuff. And then bikini lingerie is kind of getting towards the R-rated. And then I have the sexy vault where it's like, if, you know, that's for my male, typically male or lesbian followers, that they want to see, you know, implied nude or nude photos of me. And that's something that I love doing. And in fact, you know that I didn't even do my first implied nude photo shoot. It was for three pages in Top Magazine Italy. I did my first lingerie and implied nude photo shoot when I was 39, not to call out my age, you can wow. it, it's all over the internet. There's no hiding it. Well, but to be able to do that, to be able to model that way when you're at that age, sure. it's so inspiring, I think, because 
we really, the reason I do raw foods, we really don't have to age. The fact of the matter is we don't have to. So if you know the right things to do, eating a really healthy diet, fitness daily, good skincare, and, and having a happy life and lots of sex. If you do these things, I promise you, it'll be good. You're going to be happy about it. I love it. Well, I, uh, I, uh, well, you're, you're July 8th. I'm July 11th. So we've got that cancer world that we live in. That's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. Well, cancer. So it's moon child and water baby. That's right. We're really sensitive. The Dalai Lama is July 5th. So we're really sensitive, loyal, um, relatable people. Very friendly and sweet. Yeah. Well, Tammy, I know that you have a whole nother life outside of the one that we've just lived in for the last hour. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. And, uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm, when we're done, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for an address cause I'm going to send you some of my spices and a couple other fun little things that, uh, that I think you might like that might help your raw world a little bit. Um, oh, but, cool. uh, great. Well, thank you. But, um, and, uh, yes. Right. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been really fun talking with you. Yeah, it's been great. So why don't you do me a favor? Give everybody the last bit again. Let everybody know where they can find you and all that good stuff. And then we'll uh, we'll, we'll part ways, my friend. Okay. So you guys can find me at TammyAaron.com. P-A-M-I-E-R-I-N.com. On Twitter at TammyAaronReal. On Instagram, TammyAaronOfficial. And Facebook, TammyAaronOfficial. Tammy, thank you so much for, hop- for hanging out with us today. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Big kisses, everybody. Bye. One of the things that I love to do is I love that I can reach out to people. Uh, Tammy and I have never met before. Uh, we didn't, we've, we've texted back and forth a couple of times um, over the last couple of months to kind of get her on the show. And, you know, it's, it's hard to get people to stop what they're doing and hop on and, and kind of break out their lives for a little while for the world to hear. But um, Tammy was awesome the entire way across the board from from responding back to me to text messages to letting me know that you know she was going to be home at a certain time and all that stuff. And just super awesome. And uh, Tammy, I really appreciate your time and um, all the information that you gave us and everything. So everybody do me a favor, check her out. Look, I'm on her website right now. It's TammyAaronShop.com. I'll, I mean, I'll state it right for, you know, for the record, she's hot as shit. I mean, Tammy, you're a beautiful woman. Um, uh, uh, just awesome talking to you. I love your positive attitude and you're kind of no holes barred. Like, look, this is life. This is what we do. We do. We all do the same thing every day. And it's really kind of freeing and refreshing to be able to have a conversation with somebody who's just as open and honest as, as everything. So um, I hope I did you well by, uh, by, by good questions and everything as you know, uh, people talk to me and they say, Hey, can you send me a, you know, a question list? Well, I don't have a question list guys. Uh, the way that I do my interviews is I'm interested in you. I will do a 15 to 20 minute uh, kind of kind of research on you prior to getting on the show, literally prior to getting on the show this morning, I woke up and I went on to website and I did some information. I did some research on you or on Tammy just to get my kind of bearing set and straight. We have a quick conversation before hopping on and then we go into it. So um, I hope that I'm, I'm kind of doing you guys well by, by asking the right questions and getting just kind of following the flow of our interview process that we do on the show here. Um, Tammy, awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm stoked for you and your success and everything that's moving forward um, and your open mindset. It's just, it's, it's very refreshing to watch and hear and see. So everybody do me a favor. Thank uh, Tammy. Uh, go and follow her. 
uh, Tammy Aaron Real on Twitter, uh, Tammy Aaron Official on Instagram. Her Instagram page is a great page. A lot of really cool stuff that goes on over there. And more power to you in your relationship moving forward. Uh, with that being said, everybody, we're going to wrap up today's show. Um, I want to thank the three people that uh, matter the most to me when it comes to this show. I want to thank the boys down there. I say three, but it's really four because we got two guys at Radio Influence. Get over to RadioInfluence.com. Check out what Jerry and Jason are doing. The amount of podcasts that they have over there are just brilliant. Um, They've got a whole bunch of really cool stuff from Ian Beckles to cops to marijuana to doctors to all sorts of really cool podcasts that these guys do and promote and produce and put together. Uh, I could not have ever asked for a better relationship than the one that I have with these guys. Uh, this is the way that I wanted this podcast to be. This is the way that I wanted it to happen. And I met with some jackasses, dickheads and assholes leading up to it that uh, I never would have been able to do what I do if it wasn't for these guys over here. So thank you guys. Uh, Maggie Gagliardi, who does all of our informational stuff, all of our, gra- or, I'm sorry, all of our graphic stuff, go and check her out. Maggie is an award-winning artist. Um, who is just brilliant in her delivery of the stuff that she does. She does every promo piece. Go and check her out. It's Maggie Gagliardi, or you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram as well, which is MagsArt. That's M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. Our website is put together by Michelle out there at Techno Solution, who does a wonderful job. We really appreciate it. I love all you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. Do me a favor. Go out and just fucking be nice to people, man. Bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at... Chef B R I D U F F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a cannabis podcast powered by Truly. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Now, there was a 57 page brief that was filed by. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Pam Bondi, a Florida Attorney General, um, in support of that appeal. Now, I like Pam Bondi as a person. I can't stand her politics. Can't stand them. Because um, that politics is basically run by money. It's getting to a ridiculous point when a lawmaker in Tallahassee is going to be telling you know, somebody in Ocala, some 70-year-old person in Ocala that has joint pain or aches or some kind of ailment that they can't smoke a joint to uh, alleviate their pain. It gets to a point where it's getting, it's getting to be a little bit ridiculous. Now it's 2018. I think we know we're, we're pretty far away from reefer madness. That mentality is starting to go away. You can kind of feel it dissolving a little bit, but some people still have this mentality that cannabis is a, a dangerous drug. And it's got to get to a point where we start we start squashing that. The Cannabis Podcast, powered by True Leaf, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.